Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 117 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, in studio by my fabulous co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president, our fearless leader, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Mr. Rick Stevens? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. Happy New Year to uh, <laughs> our, our listeners. And um, it seems like it seems like it's been more than a week since I last saw you. It, it, yeah. So much has happened, um, whether it's been NHL news or uh, World Juniors, which have been pretty good. Um, yeah. And um, everything that's happened. And we've got an awful lot to talk about today, but it's a new year. Um, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be so. a good, it's going to be a good year yeah. for you. There's going to be yeah. some changes in the fall. Yeah, there will be. And, yeah. um, I think some changes to rocket sports and, and, uh, all for the better. And, uh, we're excited to get it underway with this very first show of 2021. And as you and Amy Johnson were talking about on the latest episode of the press zone, it means now that we're in the new year, everything that we didn't like about 2020 just goes just goes away. Is that, <laughs> that is that what happens? Something that, like that. Yeah. Well, oh. some people seem to think that. Yeah. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Rick, it yeah, it has it has felt like a while since we've since we've been here and doing the, and the week between Boxing Day and New Year's is always like that. There's just so much going on. Um but yeah, as you said, there's been a lot that's happened in the last week, be it the World Juniors, be it some transactions, some signings that we've seen around the NHL, including one in Montreal that we're going to touch on in just a couple of moments from now. But Rick, before we get there, we'll tee up what we're going to discuss in the second segment. And and that is some bold predictions that I have Wow, for the 2021 NHL season. So, Rick, I see that you you have opted out of doing uh, bold predictions, so you're content to make me look like the fool at the end of all of this. No, yeah? you're of, of the two of us. You're the bolder. You I'm are. The bolder. The, you're 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 brave and you're courageous, yeah. and you're stepping up to deliver your bold, big bold predictions for big bold predictions. The Montreal Canadiens. Yes, that is what we will, will we will be discussing in the second segment. But Rick, before we get there. We will start without uh, with some roster news, some transactions, some signings that we saw this week. And we'll begin with Alexandra Alain because this was an interesting story. The Montreal Canadiens terminating the contract of Alain by mutual agreement. 
By mutual agreement, both uh, uh, had agreed. Um, Alexandra Land said uh, to the Montreal Canadiens, listen, I won't be uh, coming to uh, training camp. Um, and we remember that training camp, um, by the rules of the NHL, has uh, the return to play rules. Uh, there are limited spots, only 36 skaters, unlimited number of, of goaltenders, but just yeah. 36 skaters. Um, so uh, Alexander Alain said, uh, I have no intention of taking one of those spots. My plan is is to go back to school and um, pursue full-time studies. And so they mutually uh, agreed to, to terminate the contract uh, and he was placed on um, unconditional waivers. So at 23 years old, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, he yeah. had a, a very strong connection with Joel Bouchard um, that dated back to the Armada uh, and then came to Laval Rocket and was one of those kind of players that, that Joel could trust because they had a history together. And, um, and he was a place filler until, you know, the, the prospect pool started feeding uh, the Laval Rocket. Now that's happened. And um, and I guess his choices were to go to Europe and and maybe play over there uh, and extend his career. But but he's he's decided to uh, go back to school and and you know my career background, academic administrator. So I'm I'm fully supportive of this move. Yeah, I don't think it's ever a bad idea to go get some schooling. And uh, if this is what the if this is the decision that he came to, I have to say I was a little bit surprised when I did see this piece of news but uh, I mean overall I think yeah when, when you say that he's a 23 year old and the type of, of the amount of prospects that the Canadians have coming through the system now that they've drafted the last couple of years it makes sense that the Canadians want to free up that roster space and for Elaine I think it makes total sense for him uh, seeing perhaps the writing on the wall uh, for his career going forward uh, but Rick you touched on the fact there's a limited number of space for skaters at training at the training camp for the Montreal Canadiens, and one of those skaters that will be there is Corey Perry, because the Montreal Canadiens signed him to a one-year contract worth seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. This comes a week after they signed Michael Frolik to an identical contract. So the Montreal Canadiens rounding out their roster with some veteran players and one in Corey Perry that, though this is a while ago now, uh, former Maurice Richard, Rocket Richard Trophy winner, former Stanley Cup champion. I mean, doesn't hurt to add that to your roster. What a resume, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in addition to what you you mentioned, there's a Hart Trophy in there, numerous yeah. picks to, to the All-Star um, you know, Memorial Cup, um, Olympic medals, uh, world yeah. championship. Um, wow. Um, now, it's easy to say, well, you know, um, Mark Bergevin's going to uh, fill his taxi squad with some veterans who, if need be, can, um, you know, step in for a couple of games. And, and But uh, I, I wouldn't tell that to Corey Perry. I wouldn't tell that to Corey no. Perry. We're going to play some clips for uh, from him <laughs> a little bit later, and he's coming to earn a spot. Um, and we know that he had a, a a pretty good run, played well, key goals uh, last year as uh, the Dallas Stars, uh, as a member of the Dallas Stars, and and they went to the Stanley Cup final. Um, so this is a guy with some some experience, uh, with a track record. Knowing what it takes and and how to get it done and and 
And listen, I you know I I was probably a little more skeptical of this this move um, first because of what it does to the uh, to the prospects of the young players and 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 we know that Claude Julian has a a, a penchant for for uh, yeah. playing veterans. <laughs> Um, but I like his, I like his attitude. Um, I like his, his drive. I, you'll, you'll see, or you'll hear that he's, he's serious. He's all business in, in the clips. Um, my only thing, I don't know if I can get past is, uh, he's a bit of a dirty player. Yeah. Just a little bit, you know, do you feel that? I mean, listen, I feel like there's often times now where you hear people say agitator and it's a very polite way of saying exactly what you just said. He's he's a he's a dirty player. He can be a dirty player. And, you know, I think for me with this signing, the thing that I immediately really liked about this signing was when you look at what has been said about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think for anybody that's that, that wants to get out of this North Division, I think the consensus is. They have to go through the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs at this point are the favorite to get out of that North Division. So to get through them, what has been the critique of the Toronto Maple Leafs? What has been the the driving force behind the changes that Kyle Dubas made this offseason? They wanted to get tougher to play against because in years past, the, the criticism has been they don't like playing that way. They, they're, they're too easy to play against. They don't like it when they the other team is, is playing physically, is you know taking away their time and space, doing all those things. You already have Shea Weber. You already have Ben Sherratt. You added Joel Edmondson. So that blue line is going to be pretty suffocating for forwards. You might as well add and round out your roster with a guy like Corey Perry, who uh, you know is not very fun to play against. And I think that you know there's there's been two mindsets. There's been Habs fans that have been saying, well, here you go. You add Corey Perry to this team. This is a legitimate, you know, this is a team that's trying to contend. And then there's also the idea that Corey Perry, 35 years old, a little bit past his prime, which is also true. But as you said, the run in Dallas to the, the run in the bubble in Edmonton, I think that says all you need to know about what Corey Perry is right now. And I think he could he could very well win a roster spot, given the fact that he's somebody that could be a net front presence on the power play, someone that is very uh, comfortable with deflecting and, and his hands in tight have always been fantastic. So, I mean, listen, I, I think that this is something that could very well uh, benefit the Montreal Canadiens, and it might not be just a, you know, let's put him on the taxi squad type thing. He could earn a spot. I think it's I think it is fair to say that he could do that. Absolutely. Um, and you, you you mentioned the the uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and um, and the kind of players that that they added to 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 make it tougher to play against uh, to yeah. make them tougher to play against. And we know that back in October, um, Mark Bergevin said, uh, "Listen, we we tried to sign Wayne Simmons, and and I I offered him more than than uh, than he accepted." Yeah. Um, he's, he signed for 1.5 and, and Mark let it be known that he, he offered in the, the $2 million range. Now that's almost triple, uh, what, yeah. what, uh, is being paid to, uh, Corey Perry. Um, so you can have, uh, Wayne Simmons at triple the price or Corey Perry. I, I'm, I'm going to take Corey Perry. 
Yeah, me too. I, I think uh, for for me, I think the one thing as you as you alluded to is you can you can ride that line between you know being an agitator and being a dirty player, <laughs> and you know it's it, I, I said to you and I've said to others, you know, in, in in international play, I've had an easier time rooting for Brad Marchand than I've had for <laughs> Corey Perry, which shouldn't make sense. And I don't know if I'm in the very minor the the very you know small minority on that, but it's just the way that Corey Perry plays that's that sort of rubbed people the wrong way over his career, and. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if you add that to your team for one third of what you you know might have offered for Wayne Simmons, then I'll take that every day. Um, but yeah, Rick, we'll we'll touch on that. Uh, we'll touch on the they said what portion of that. Corey Perry. We also have Michael Froley quotes in they said what. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But as I said, um, training camp. There's only so many spots in training camp. Training camp roster has been released for the Montreal Canadiens, and training camp opens Sunday, January 3rd, otherwise known as tomorrow at the time of recording this podcast. (laughs) That is, it's incredible to me that we're already at the point of training camp when they just came to this agreement on the 56-game schedule. It's, It's crazy how quick this is all transpiring. And 10 days from the start of training camp will be the drop of the puck. So... Uh, My goodness. Yeah, we're, we're jumping uh, at light speed here. Um, <laughs> and um, so there's, there's a shorter training camp. There's not going to be any exhibition games. It, uh, the, 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 the lines, the chemistry, uh, everything has to come together quite quickly. And we, we saw in one of those uh, Zoom calls uh, that, uh, that Claude Julien uh, participated in, he had a lineup he was referring to in his hand. Now, uh, yeah. Proleek wasn't there, Perry uh, wasn't there, uh, but he's been thinking about this for a while. So I, he, you're going to see right from the get-go, um, he's going to roll out the line combinations that uh, he figures uh, are going to work, and then there's going to be some, some tweaking as uh, the training camp goes on. But we're going to see, th- as we said, 36 players maximum uh, in training camp. That's for the Canadians, 24 forwards, 12 defensemen, Unlimited number of goalies for the Canadians means uh, six are going to be there. A full slate of goaltenders are going to be there. Yep. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, uh, besides Alexander Alain, uh, the only kind of obvious omissions uh, for me, um, and we've talked about this uh, in past weeks, we were hoping to see Jesse alone in there. Yeah. Um, now he is not there. Um, and uh, he's still uh, uh, playing with his Finnish club. And once the AHL uh, is more sorts itself out, uh, then he'll make his way over and, and he'll start uh, with uh, the Laval Rocket. The other uh, person we don't see on the list, and again, uh, remember this is a very um, a, a limited number, a finite number, um, is Josh Brook. And um, yeah. we understand that Josh Brook is uh, training back home in Manitoba, and, and uh, uh, I expect the same thing as Yelona, and he'll probably join the, the Rocket when, uh, when things are, are more uh, firmed up as far as uh, their schedule goes. Yeah, and we'll be getting to some AHL news uh, at, the, uh, at the end of the segment, but Rick, we will move on and uh, get to the World Junior Championship report. Um, so, Rick, 
This is quarterfinal Saturday in the World Juniors, and it's going to be a fun day of hockey. Uh, and Rick, we when last we spoke, or one of the last times we spoke, was when we had Mike on the podcast, and we were talking about a lot of different things with respect to Team Canada. And if I could bat lead off here, because we're going to talk about some of the things that we've liked, some standouts from this tournament. I, Devin Levi, <laughs> my goodness, he's been good for Team Canada he between has. the pipes. And that was the one thing that I was really concerned about with Team Canada. So for me, I think if if we can talk about standouts as of right now through the group play segment of the World Junior Hockey Championships, uh, Devin Levi has been outstanding for Team Canada. No question. Um, and, and that was a concern, right? Uh, yeah. th- there wasn't that household name. Yeah. Uh, the Russians had... had uh, Askarov. Yeah, and, and the Americans, um, um, well, and, and as Two. advertised, they've been, both of them have been yeah. good, uh, Spencer Knight and, and uh, Dustin Wolf. Um, but we're kind of waiting to see how it, it shook out with... Uh, with Canada and and Devin Levi's been solid and and has has uh, run the table so far playing all four games. And yeah, he's he's just been very calm between the pipes. No sort of you know you all, always hear about Carey Price, and I'm not I'm not comparing the two, but the economy of movement. It seems that everything is pretty controlled with Devin Levi. Mm-hmm. It seems like he hasn't been erratic between the pipes where he's just you know sort of flopping around. He's been a little bit controlled, and I and I've liked that. Um, another guy that we both we were talking about before, and, and he's actually playing right now as we record this, Tim Stutzla. My wow. goodness, Tim Stutzla. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, I was I, man after last year's tournament, I was really big on Tim Stutzla, and now even more so. And even in the game against Canada, where where Canada dominated, I mean, Germany only had three forward lines, three defensive pairs. They were in in dire straits, you know. So, but even in that game, there were stretches where Tim Stutzla had the puck on his stick, and you know that he had to be gassed, but he was still out there doing things, creating, trying to generate something for for Germany. He is going to be something special for the Ottawa Senators. I'm just really big on Tim Stutzla. Third uh, after group play, third in scoring, five goals, five assists, Um, and as you said, uh, he's he's played lots. He's had lots yep. of ice t- time, uh, but for the the Germans, both uh, Stutzla and JJ Paterka have, have been very very good. Yeah, and, and one more name that I wanted to throw out there was a guy that Canada played the other night against Finland, Samuel Holanius. He's a draft eligible player for this upcoming the 2021 draft. He's six foot six, two hundred one pounds, as an eighteen year old. Uh, he scored a beauty of a goal against Slovakia, um, and, and Slovakia's had a bit of a rough go of it in, in this tournament. But, but Rick, uh, I mean, when you you think of this tournament and and you know sort of focusing in on some some guys that you might come back and circle back to come draft time, that was a name. I mean, it, it's just intriguing. A six foot six, two hundred one pound centerman, eighteen years old. I mean, that's that's something special right there. But uh, he's projected to go in the sixties in that type of range, but. I mean, he seems like a, a very good two-way forward, and of course, that frame is very intriguing at this point in time. Um, but well, yeah, some big uh, boys in this tournament. <laughs> uh, along along those lines, uh, I mentioned to you uh, that on Team Sweden we have Elmer Soderblom, 
uh, yeah. six eight <laughs> six eight two thirty eight two forty. Um, you know, rounded off. Uh, yeah, he's a monster out there. My um, God, a huge, huge player. Um, but beyond that, um, I mean, there's been so many guys to like. Uh, on Russia, Radian Amirov, the, mm-hmm. the, you know I, I liked him uh, yep. going into the draft, and the, and the Leafs picked him up uh, just ahead of the Canadians. But uh, again, a player who's come as advertised, just so uh, creative offensively and and not that big, but just very elusive. He's not afraid to be in traffic. He just very slippery the way he moves through. Um, how about Anton Lendell? Um, everybody said this is a... Uh, a great two-way player, um, maybe light on the offense. Well, he, he hasn't been in, in this tournament. Um, he's been a big contributor for, for Team yeah. Finland. Um, for, for Canada, in addition to Levi, um, Dylan Cousins and, and Boehm Byron looks like an NHLer yeah. out there. <laughs> um, amazing. Trevor Zegras and Cam York for the U- U.S. Uh, Trevor Zegras leading the... Uh, the the uh, leading all players in in scoring. Um, there's been some really good performances uh, in this uh, it, it, so far in the tournament. Yeah, there has been. I, I mean, this has I think been one of you know, given all the circumstances, this has been a very good tournament, and I think that this has been one of uh, the better ones, one of my favorite ones uh, in the past couple of years. I think that you've seen. You know, Tim Stutzla in Germany, I think you've seen a team with with Germany that is on the rise in, in, in hockey, and we've seen it in the past couple of years, the way that they've played. You know, even a team like Switzerland that's had a rough go of it this year in terms of the way that things have played out on the scoreboard, they always play so hard, and I appreciate their effort every single year. Mm-hmm. It's just this year it doesn't seem like they have that talent to carry them through and, and make these games a little bit closer, but... Yeah, this this is always a really fun tournament to watch, and and of course when you are focusing in on a team the way that we do here, you look at the the prospects for the Montreal Canadiens, and I think when you look at the three prospects that are in this tournament for the Montreal Canadiens, you have Caden Gooley, you have Jan Mishak, and you have Cole Caulfield, and. For Caden Gooley, we'll, we'll start there on Team Canada. He scored the first goal for Team Canada in the yeah, tournament yeah. against Germany, um, and it was just a really nice display of his quick feet and then being able to beat a goaltender with a shot. It was a nice it was a nice goal. Um, but he's come as advertised. Everything that we've heard about Caden Gooley, everything that we've seen of Caden Gooley, he's been that. He's been that physical presence on the blue line that can move the puck, that can move his feet well. I think everything about Caden Gooley that you've heard, you've seen through at least group play. It might get a little bit tougher. Uh, Canada hasn't exactly faced a whole lot of resistance. It might get tougher in the uh, in the medal round, but so far, I mean, Caden Gooley has has come as advertised. He has um, two goals. Uh, he's yep. a plus seven in the tournament. He's playing almost seventeen minutes a game. Um, still a bit raw. He's young, yep. and um, but he's he's uh, he's been solid so far. Yeah, he's got all the tools that you uh, you could hope for for a defenseman. Uh, but moving to Jan Mishak, and I have been just really impressed with Jan Mishak. Uh, I mean, the Czech Republic, uh, you know, they, they I don't know if they're as good as they are in most years uh, this year, but they did get that 2-0 win, that shutout win against Russia back on the 27th. That was a huge win for them. Yeah. And in the, you know, you saw Jan Mishak make a sprawling defensive play to save a goal. 
you know, uh, in that game. So it just shows the wide range of things that he can do. That, that he can do. He's got two goals and an assist in the tournament, three points in four games. I mean, he's been the he's the captain of the team. He's he's just been good. He's been good overall. He controls and creates, and you can see when he's out there on the ice, he wants to make something happen. And his coach trusts him. He's out there eighteen yeah. and a half minutes a game. Um, he's he's in uh, you know almost every situation, and and uh, uh, he's he's been very poised. I thought. Um, yeah. And and uh, adding a little bit of offense, as you said, it's it's. Um, it's a very been a very good showing for for Jan Mishak. Yeah, and I mean, just 18 years old. Same with Caden Gooley, just 18 years old. Um, but then you move to Cole Caulfield, and he's got a goal and two assists in three games. That's uh, th- or three points rather in four games, and you know that is that's fine, right? Like it's it's three points in four games. That's fine. Um, but the expectation for a 19-year-old in this tournament, and by the way, he turned 20 today. He's 20 years old now. He's Happy birthday, one Cole. Of, yeah, happy birthday to Cole Caulfield, one of you know the older players in this game, uh, in this tournament. So the expectation level was just a little bit greater for Cole Caulfield, especially given the fact that he talked about having a down tournament last year and he had that fire in his belly to want to be a bigger contributor, wanting to dominate this tournament, and, and he hasn't done that. And it's it's a little bit disappointing. It's it's not you know end of the world because we as you touched on it. We were just talking about it before the show. There's either those who think that Cole Caulfield is is a bust because of this, or there are those that still you know ride for him and think that he's going to be a tremendous goal scorer. There's really no in between in that. <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's unfortunate that there is that sort of reaction, but, um, you know, he's he's probably going to be fine. The expectation would be that if he wasn't scoring goals, the impact might be a little bit minimal for a guy like Cole Caulfield. But you, you'd expect a bit more. You do. And and the, the conversation on social media has been fascinating because, as you say, <laughs> there's there's a contingent that say, listen, this guy's a bust um, and and, you know, Canadians should have taken, you know, pick your player, yeah. uh, Peyton Krebs. Um, uh, but there's there's others who say uh, World Juniors is meaningless. Look at the players who haven't scored at the World Juniors and went on to have good careers. Yeah, and that's true too. Uh, however, uh, yeah, you know, true that that players have gone on without scoring at the World Juniors to have good careers. But I don't think it's meaningless, and 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 that's because, um, you know, it, he did have a, Cole Caulfield did have a disappointing tournament last year. Uh, he was kind of invisible, and he he himself was disappointed in that tournament. And because he had vowed to say this year's going to be different, I'm I'm going to dominate. Um, it makes it makes you notice when he doesn't uh, that much more, um, and. You're going to be doing some predictions, big bold predictions, uh, a little bit later. What if you went into this this tournament with a big bold prediction that Jan Mishak was going to have more goals in the group play than Cole Caulfield? <laughs> and he does. Yeah, he does. How, how about this big bold prediction? Caden Gooley is going to have more goals in the group play than Cole Caulfield, <laughs> and he yeah, does. He does. Um, that's, that's, yeah, he, he, he hasn't had an impact for Team USA. 
the points that he's had have been inconsequential, let's say. Uh, they've they've yeah. come when, you know, there was enough already on, on the board to win. Um, it's not like a, a Philip Tomasino for Canada, who's, you know, three game-winning goals, I believe. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as you said, uh, one of the oldest, if not the oldest uh, player in the tournament, 20 years old, we're seeing players... Um, some 16 year olds, uh, uh, the Slovaks having, having, yeah. uh, playing really well for their, their, um, uh, country. Um, so this is, this is, uh, a bit of a disappointment and, and, and yes, uh, you know, goal scorers go, go through cold streaks, but I think this is where, uh, Cole Caulfield still needs work. It's his play without the puck and it's his whole defensive, um, commitment, defensive zone three zone play we want to see him have a yeah to be engaged in in all three zones um so that's where he still needs work now can he get that figured out in wisconsin this year is he going to need time in the ahl we'll see uh is he a bust no uh is he the next uh diminutive alexander ovechkin no um but but this is what happened in it's tough in these limited viewings uh, people jump to conclusions right away, and and that's why we always preach uh, patience and take your time and see a lot of games. And um, Cole Caulfield's going to be okay, but he may not be uh, that elite scorer that uh, that some are expecting him to be, unless he makes a commitment to the other parts of his game. And and let's hope he 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 does that. Yeah, and, and of course there is time left to go and he can change some of the perception by what he does in the medal round but of course it still matters what happened in the group play and there's still things there's valid criticisms to be to be made of Cole Caulfield based on that performance because as you say it's 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 a tournament that's often dominated by 19 year olds and there's an expectation of a 19 year old in this tournament to be that and Cole Caulfield wasn't still time he can dominate the quarters dominate the semis but it just seems a little bit unlikely given what we've seen to this point. Let me just add that um, some have said, you know, uh, last year there was there was uh, criticism of the American coaching staff for the way they mm -hmm. used Cole Caulfield. Um, yeah. You can't level that criticism this year uh, throughout. Cole Caulfield has uh, had the most ice time of any uh, U.S. forward, and at this point, uh, after four games, he's he's tied with Trevor Zegras uh, in terms of, of usage. Uh, and we know what uh, what with 13 points, uh, six goals, and seven assists, what Trevor Zegras has done. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, that that's something that that can't be used as as uh, as as an excuse for this tournament. Yeah. Uh, so, Rick, we will shift gears and move on to our favorite segment on this podcast. And they said, what? And we will start with Michael Froelich. We signed back uh, earlier, what was it, two weeks ago now? My goodness, time is flying. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, Michael Froelich, who signed a couple weeks back, a one-year contract. And Rick, um, on behalf of you and myself, uh, we want to welcome Michael to Montreal. Thank you very much. Uh, hi to everybody. Oh, that was polite. Oh. Wow. Hi yourself, <laughs> yeah, Michael nice. Froelich. It's great to have you here. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so with that, of course, I mean, he's he's a veteran player. So what is Michael Froelich's mindset coming to the Montreal Canadiens? 
you know, for me, it's just other opportunity. I think uh, kind of a little bit of fresh start for me. You know, last year for me was uh, was a little bit tough, but, uh, you know, getting traded, you know, stuff like that. But I'm looking for this like a fresh start for me. And uh, I know the city a little bit, so I know how, how Montreal is. And it's a, it's a it's an unbelievable city. And uh, obviously with the with the hockey history and everything. And uh, it's just a pleasure to, to be part of this team. And um, I'm very excited and, uh, you know, looking forward to, you know, meet all the coaches meet all the players and uh, get ready to start. We we learned uh, in the, the press conference, uh, in the, the, the Zoom call, that uh, Michael Froelich uh, would train uh, prior to, to each season in Montreal. Um, and uh, so he has a little bit of familiarity with with the city. He likes the city. Um, and, and yeah, he had a, 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 maybe a tough year last year. So this is, uh, as a veteran, he's looking for a, a fresh start in a, a city that, uh, he, he believes he's going to enjoy playing in. Yeah. And, and of course, whenever there is a signing like this, you try to connect the dots and see who exactly a player might know on a team that he's going to. So who does Michael Froelich know on the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, I, I know this a little bit, so that's that's helpful. You know, you 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 know you have some friends here, and uh, you know you know the restaurants and you know where to go, and it's a little easier on that. But uh, still, you know, I, I you know the guys on the team, I, I just know I think uh, a little bit Thomas Tatar, and uh, I work out with here with Drewen, so I know him a little bit, and uh, Benny Sherrod, I play with him in the mini bag, so a couple of couple of similar faces, but uh, still, it's a new team and a lot of new faces so you you, you want to you know adjust good but uh yeah i know the city like i said and it's it's making it a little easier for sure well he's right about that uh the, a lot of new faces at this training yeah. camp <laughs> uh but the ones he knows um if you missed it it was thomas tatar uh, uh jonathan Druan, who he's worked out with and uh played with as he says benny sherratt uh, in winnipeg <laughs> Benny Sherratt, Benny and the Jets. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> so with signing not only Michael Froelich, but also Corey Perry, the Montreal Canadiens signed two veteran free agents that were left unsigned. So what exactly was the rationale for signing two veteran free agents, you know we're gonna have a lot of lot of games coming up, a lot of back to back. So I think uh, I don't want to say, but you know some injuries could play in a role. And I think uh, having a depth in the team it's it's very important right now. And uh, I think that's what Mark uh, Mark is doing. And uh, you know hopefully we can uh, you know we can have a good game and uh, and good start. Calls him Mark because uh, they have a bit of a connection going back yeah. to the Blackhawks and. Uh, and says, uh, you know, we don't want to talk about injuries, but uh, there might be injuries. There's a compressed schedule. There's back-to-backs. So Mark uh, is uh, creating some depth for the organization. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Of of course, you always hear you can never have enough depth, whether it's on the blue line or up front in this case. Um, But Rick, he was also asked where exactly he expects to play in the lineup. Don't worry about like uh, any lineup or where you're gonna be. I think uh, you just want to go out there, you know, you know, work hard and uh, you know, like I said, control what you can. And uh, that's to be ready, be good on the ice, and uh, you know, fight for fight for the spot. I think, like I said, the competition it's uh, it's a good thing to have in the team, and uh, I think uh, that's what we have now. And uh, we just wanna wanna move forward. Competition is a good thing. You're going to hear that. Uh, give this away. Uh, that uh, from Corey Perry as well. Um, and 
Uh, he's not necessarily worried about where he's going to play because he doesn't control that. Don't worry about things you can't control. Uh, he's just going to um, work hard, um, be ready when he's called upon, uh, and uh, and fight for a, a spot somewhere in the lineup. All things that you love to hear from a guy coming to this team. I mean, this is the type of thing that you expect from a veteran guy that's been around the block. He knows exactly what exact what his job is going to be uh, should he get into the lineup, and we'll worry about that when he gets to it. But, uh, Rick, you touched on the relationship, the existing relationship that he has with Mark Bergevin. So, uh, for a week, touching on what kind of discussions he had with Mark Bergevin. Yeah, to be honest, I think uh, we don't really talk about it about it uh, that much. I think the the deal happened, uh, you know, pretty quickly, and uh, you know, it just happened o- over a couple of hours. So, you know, I think I just saw you know the opportunity to play here, and uh, I just took it. I think uh, you know the stuff what you were saying. I, I don't really talk about it, you know, with with, with the coach or with with the GM here. And uh, like I said, it's it's just something. Uh, you can control but we didn't we didn't talk about it i just you know like i said the deal happened pretty quickly and uh, and i'm happy to be here we we have to understand this isn't a typical free agent market and um and and free agents had to be had to be patient um and and maybe reduce their expectations and uh so um, he, he uh, Michael Frulik is saying no promises were made about where where he's going to play, how much he's going to play, um, and uh, once Mark Bergevin reached out to him in his camp, uh, the the deal came together um, quite quickly because he sees this as a, a pretty good opportunity for himself. Yeah, and I mean, whatever, however much we see of Michael Frulik, he's also asking what exactly he can bring to the roster should he get into those games. I think over the years, you know, I kind of proved that I'm a player that uh, that can play it in both uh, ends of the game. I think I, I can be, you know, solid offensively, but I can be good off, uh, defensively as well. And uh, obviously, you know, PK was kind of a big part uh, of my game last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I can, uh, you know, get some improvements on, on that, on, the, on this team and uh, and be good on PK. And, uh, but I think I, I, you know, they used to call me like a, like a overall, like a kind of Swiss, Swiss knife player. You know, so I think I can do a lot of things and uh, and just just be good on that. And I think uh, that's uh, I think the PK was a little bit struggling, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last uh, last year. And uh, I just want to kind of you know jump on that and uh, make this team better on, on that part. Ah, he's been paying attention to some yeah. uh, deficiencies. <laughs> uh, not spill any secrets, he's saying. But uh, I think the PK had some problems last year, and maybe I can help with that. Uh, that's yeah. not bad. Uh, uh, identify a, a problem and and deliver a solution uh, as uh, a Swiss Army knife kind of player that uh, that he said he's been uh, he's he's been compared to. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, depth is one thing, but being able to put someone in the lineup that you can trust in a, in a couple different positions, in a few different positions, or the Swiss Army knife, I mean, that type of versatility is incredibly valuable to a team with playoff aspirations and potentially more, uh, like the Montreal Canadiens have. So he's, he spoke of versatility there. So does he prefer playing on the left or on the right wing? 
over the years, I think I kind of played both sides of the wing. But, uh, you know, most time in Calgary when I was, I play on the right side. But, uh, for example, you know, last year, you know, for the Worlds, I played on the left side the whole tournament and uh, had some success over there. So, for me, it's... Uh, it just not really matter, I think. I think, obviously, I'm more used to be on the right side. But uh, if you give me a couple of periods or, you know, a couple of shifts, I think uh, I can adjust to, to both wings. And uh, I think I, I feel comfortable on the both side. Give me a couple of shifts and uh, you need you need me out there for defense. You need me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be versatile. I'm your Swiss Army. Yeah. Uh, if if Sam Moran can play uh, left wing for the Flyers, then um, <laughs> I... I, I you know the the Canadians' need greater need, I guess, is on the left wing. Obviously, listen, uh, he's Michael Froelich is, is is he shoots left, but he's obviously uh, more comfortable on the right. He's he's had more experience on the right. He's been more productive on the right side. Um, but you know, um, if if an opening um, uh, avails itself to him, that's where he'll be. But otherwise. Uh, I think he's pretty open to playing wherever. Yeah, and I mean, these are all things that uh, you are very encouraged to hear from a veteran joining this group. And uh, the fact that he's identified, as you said, something that you don't often see from free agents that when they're, <laughs> they're assigned to join a club, you don't often hear them talk about the penalty kill. Let me be the guy that fixes the penalty kill. Let me be the guy that does the Swiss Army knife things. Let me be the versatile guy that you plug in. You know, like these are all very realistic things that Michael Froelich could do and could could really help the Montreal Canadiens. So to hear him talk about all this and, and talk about opportunity, it's it's really refreshing to hear that. So, so let's move to Corey Perry because obviously a veteran forward as well. I mean, and obviously they signed an identical contract for Corey Perry and Michael Froelich. So... Mike, uh, Corey Perry uh, discussing the construction of the current roster for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I, I think you look at the moves that uh, Mark Bergevin brought in and Anderson, uh, Edmondson, Toffoli. Um, then you got young guys, you got some older guys. I mean, you might you, you have one of the best goalies in, in the world in Carey Price. I mean, um, you know, all those all those tangibles that uh, putting the pieces together and uh, hopefully I come in and help this team and, and uh, you know, go on and try to win a Stanley Cup. He's been paying attention too. Uh, yeah. He knows what moves <laughs> have been made. He knows the Canadians have uh, are solid in goal with one of the best goaltenders in Carey Price. And he his focus is on winning a Stanley Cup. He'll make that clear throughout uh, this uh, this media conference. That's a way to earn some brownie points with your with your new fan base to say Carey Price is the best goaltender in the world. <laughs> That's a quite uh, quite the shout there from Corey Perry. But we'll move on. And uh, so he discussed his motivation for signing with the Canadians. You no know, losing in Game Six of a Stanley Cup Final. I mean. It, it just rips you apart, and you, you're hungrier for more, and that's what uh, that's what this team is, is looking like, and and giving me, and uh, that's what I see in this team. So um, I'm excited to to be here. I'm excited to be a Canadian, and uh, away we go. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. Corey Perry had a Stanley Cup um, back in 2007. Interestingly enough, uh, his Anaheim Ducks beat the Ottawa Senators, uh, who yeah. uh, the Canadians will play quite often uh, this coming season. Um, but he he also had exposure to uh, the the Stanley Cup final as we mentioned before, and um, that that taste of it just makes him want it that much more. And and the other part of it is, 
he's seeing uh, that the Canadians, in his eyes, trending in, in that direction. Yeah, they play the Ottawa Senators 10 times this year, so maybe open up some uh, old wounds for the Ottawa Senators fan base. Uh, but we'll move on to uh, Corey Perry uh, explaining the next chapter in his hockey career. This this opportunity came up, and uh, it's something that I didn't want to turn down. I've always uh, wanted to play in a Canadian city, and you know, growing up, Montreal was my favorite team, uh, being so close to the border in, in northern Ontario. So, um, you know, this is exciting for me, and uh, it's a new chapter, um, and looking forward to it. He's always wanted to play in a Canadian city and, and see what that experience is like. And not only that, growing up in New Liskard, uh, Ontario, um, that's where the Quebec, uh, the, the northern, uh, northern, northeastern uh, Ontario and, and uh, northern Quebec kind of meet. And he was very close to the Quebec border. Um, and, and he became a, a Canadians fan. Uh, at that point, and now he gets to live out that uh, that childhood dream. Yeah, and I mean, you love to see that, and you love to hear that from a guy like Corey Perry. That you know, that's still so. That's one more thing that he had to scratch off his bucket list in his NHL career was play for a Canadian team and also play for his childhood team. And he talked about his favorite memory as a Habs fan. Well, I remember I remember them them winning, um, but I, I went. Uh, I think it was seven or eight or nine, and I was in Rouen, Noranda at a hockey school, and I I believe it was Eric Desjardins that brought the cup to the hockey school for a day and or for a couple hours, or whatever, and I got my picture taken with it. So that's a fond memory for me. Rouen, Noranda, just across the the border uh, from New Liskard, and. Um... You had reporters scrambling to find New Liskert. You can't find New Liskert on a, <laughs> on a map because it's it's small, but it also uh, amalgamated with two other uh, cities in 2004 or five, uh, I believe. Um, so um, it's Temiskaming Shores now. Uh, if 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 you're taking notes, uh, but but being at that that camp and um, and having the Stanley Cup arrive. Uh, being at that hockey school and and uh, then getting a picture taken for it, that you know that that if the Canadians get to the playoffs and are anywhere near um, a stand, a chance for a Stanley Cup, that photo's got to resurface. Oh yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, him posing with a cup and and uh, uh, yeah, what what a. What a storybook, uh, what a fairy tale kind of ending it could be uh, on this story for Corey Perry. Absolutely. And, and you know, you think of, and of course he won a cup in 2007. So, I mean, he's, he's already got that experience of winning the Stanley Cup. But then you also think of that back to that childhood memory as well. It's, it's incredible. But Rick, uh, of course, with this, I mean there's a little bit of uncertainty as to where exactly he fit in in the lineup. And, and he, he touched on that. Where will he play in this lineup? Wherever they want to put me. Uh, I mean, obviously I got to prove myself and, uh, and come in and, and compete and, and do everything I can to, to be an, a regular player. And, um, that's my goal. And, and, uh, that's what, that's why I'm here. I, I want to play. Um, you know, they, if, uh, you know, something happens, whatever, you just roll with the punches and, uh, and keep going. He's very serious. He's very straightforward. Yeah. He's very frank. He wants to be a regular player uh, on on the uh, in the lineup, uh, not a taxi squad player. His goal is to play. I'm here to play. He said, pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, what he what his goal is for the season. 
Uh, pretty blunt to exactly what you'd expect of a veteran player coming into this situation. He wants to play. Um, so again, w- connecting the dots on who exactly Corey Perry knows from the Montreal Canadiens. I've had some fond memories with them. That's for sure. Played with Shea five or six times in, uh, in international competition and carry a couple times. So, you know, it, it's definitely uh, an exciting group and, and they're a huge part of this and, uh, and I'm excited to get going. He's played with, Shea Weber, he's played with uh, Carey Price, international play. Um, mm-hmm. He acknowledges they are a huge part of, of the Montreal Canadiens, and he's excited to see them and play with them again. Should also, um, and, and uh, he did mention that uh, once he was signed, uh, Shea texted him uh, to congratulate him right away. Should also mention that he does have a connection uh, with Claude Julien uh, from the World Cup, from the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, in uh, sometime during the call, he said that he wants to sit down um, and uh, first get to know Claude better. Uh, he wants to, to know him, to understand how he makes decisions and choices, and wants to understand how uh, Claude wants them to play. Um, so he, he's completely invested, uh, and that's a good thing. Absolutely. And and yeah, we talk about the World Juniors. Corey Perry and Shea Weber were teammates on probably the most loaded World Junior Team Canada in, in history in 2005. So yeah, they do have some familiarity there as in addition to the Olympics where he's played with both Carey Price and Shea Weber. So yeah, it's uh, he, he does know a couple guys on this team. Uh, that's for sure. So uh, Rick, we'll also he also touched on the schedule and, and how that is going to be different this season. Well, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because if there are many playoff series, uh, two game series here, two game series there, three games, uh, I believe, to finish the season. So you know it, it's going to be intense right from the start. And uh, you know, in a regular season, people tend to forget a little bit what happened the game before. Uh, you know, um, but this it's uh, they're going to be back to backs. It's going to be a day in between. Guys won't forget, and uh, you know that those are those are the fun games to be a part of. I'll fill in the blanks. Um, guys won't forget what Corey Perry did to them in the last game, <laughs> yeah, but he but he seems to embrace that. He seems to yep. enjoy that. He he thinks that those kind of intense games uh, are fun to play. He he has said this is going to be a sprint, and he wants to be a part of it, and he wants to be a part of those those mini series that he sees almost being playoff like. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to. Hard to question. I mean, if, if Corey Perry is going to be a regular on this team, he might be the most hated in Canada by the end <laughs> of it. <laughs> but moving on, because one of the factors that played a, played a role in Tyler Toffoli electing to sign with the Montreal Canadiens, the young centerman the Montreal Canadiens have, and Corey Perry touched on that. I, I've skated with Nick uh, a few times this, well, I say summer, but over the fall and into the into the winter. Uh, so I got to know him a little bit, and uh, he's a great kid. So I'm excited to get to know everybody and, uh, and and be a part of this team. They have that London connection, both Nick Suzuki yeah. and, and Corey Perry. He got to skate with him. He got to know him. Um, and is looking forward to um, even even um, uh, mentoring him, and and uh, I expect that Corey Perry is going to be an important voice in the uh, Canadians' uh, locker room. Yeah, and a, a veteran presence, so it doesn't hurt to add that to your group, especially somebody that has won a Stanley Cup. Uh, but but for Corey Perry, style of play is different for Corey Perry. You're right. I, I'm a different style of player. I'm more in your face kind of kind of player. Go to the go to the hard nose areas, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. 
All right. Thanks for clearing that up. (laughs) Well, you're right. (laughs) He's ready to play. He's, uh, he's, he wants to mix it up. Uh, he said several times he's excited to get this going. And, uh, um, I, I, yeah, a very different type (laughs) player than the Canadians currently have. Boy, I, I just want to see a conversation between Corey Perry and Shea Weber. Just the just the level of seriousness that that, that would that would have is just uh, something I'd like to see. But anyways, uh, one thing that you have to wonder for a guy like Corey Perry, given the track record, we know that he's in a different state, a different part of his career now. Then you know he's no longer that guy that he was back at the beginning, uh, back in the 2010s. We know that that's that's not who he is anymore. But you still have to wonder if he may have been assured a spot in the lineup. No, there's no no assurance in anything. You got to come in and you got to prove yourself each and every day, and that's why I'm here. I want to prove myself again, and and then the next day you come into the rink, you got to prove it again. So there's nothing given to anybody, and uh, and you know we're all here for one reason. That's to win Stanley Cup. So um, you know competition doesn't hurt anybody. Competition doesn't hurt anybody. We heard uh, something similar from Michael Froelich. Um, And Corey Perry understands. He understands the position he's in 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 his career, uh, pretty self-aware. But it should apply to everyone uh, that you you have to prove yourself every single day. Uh, Nothing's given to anyone, as as he said. We're here for one reason, singly focused to win the Stanley Cup. Are you listening, Jeff Molson? I'm going to play that (laughs) over and over and over again. Uh, Jeff Molson, this isn't about making the playoffs. Uh, at some point, the Canadians have to be singularly focused on winning the Stanley Cup. Corey Parrish certainly is, uh, by his comments. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't hurt to bring in guys that have that mindset. There's no question about that. Somebody that has won it before that wants to win it again. And uh, yeah, his, 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 has his mindset on proving it. That's something that, I mean, for a guy with his track record, I mean, there you wouldn't put it past a guy like Corey Perry, and we've seen it before with guys, even though they are past their prime, that come in with the expectation that there will be certain assurances that things will be given to them. Corey Perry isn't that guy. He's not talking like that. He's talking like somebody that's going to come in and earn it and get it the right way, and that's you got to respect that. Um, so, yeah, the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, you can talk about signing two veteran forwards and Michael Froelich and Corey Perry and, and perhaps what that does if it might stagnate some of the younger guys. But if they're coming in with this type of mindset, uh, it, it's hard to uh, to not like that, not appreciate that when you've got guys talking about coming in to win a Stanley Cup because that's a little bit refreshing, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) But Rick, we'll move on to some hockey notes. As we said, uh, the AHL, we have some AHL news to discuss. Uh, The Board of Governors of the AHL approved a framework for a season to begin on February 5th, a little bit more than a month from now. This came out from uh, President, new President Scott Housen of the AHL. Um, and he said that uh, the Board of Governors has met and uh, they've, they've uh, approved this structural framework um, to begin play on February 5th. Now, there's lots of questions still outstanding. Looks like there's going to be, like the NHL, a Canadian division with uh, those teams playing each other. Uh, probably uh, a 35 to 40 game season. Uh, that's still yet to be decided. Um, and um, there's still some questions about whether all franchises will participate in this season. Some may opt out. Um, but the, the 
the first step is is having the the board uh, agree uh, to a framework. They've done that, and now all those other details are being worked on, and they have about a month to do that. Yeah, so some good news there for the AHL, and yeah, it's a little bit weird not to uh, to say AHL president and not say Dave Andrews immediately uh-huh. after that. <laughs> but Rick, we'll move on because there was some shocking news in the NHL this week. The Washington Capitals signed defenseman Zdeno Chara to a one-year contract, and uh, they the Washington Capitals Twitter account posted a Photoshop and edit of Zdeno Chara in a Washington Capitals jersey, and my eyeballs burned. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is hard even to talk about, you know? Um, yeah. Because I don't, I don't like Zidane Ochoa. No. I don't like him yeah. as a player. I don't like what I still think about Max Pacioretty. I yeah. still f- think about the lack of remorse. Um, but at 43 years old, um, the Bruins said, uh, no thanks, we want to go in a different direction. And he's signed a, uh, a, a, a contract that you wouldn't expect as a Zdeno uh, chair to sign, but it, there's some performance bonuses in there that yeah. will uh, help uh, ease that pain, that pain for poor Zdeno chair. <laughs> Man, just to think about, we could have seen a Washington Capitals team with with Alexander Ovechkin, Zdeno Chara, and Henrik Lundqvist. And of course, yeah. we're still thinking of Henrik Lundqvist, and he's going to have a, right. a heart surgery, and that's open heart surgery. And, and yeah, that's. But to think of, of that, given the fact that you know Alexander Ovechkin, you think of the Washington Capitals, you think of Alexander Ovechkin, you think of the Bruins, you think of Zdeno Chara, and you think of the New York Rangers. The past ten years, you think of. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist so that that would have been a, a lot to get used to in a very short period of time uh, but yeah the Washington Capitals signing uh, Zdeno Chara and uh, yeah it is uh, going to be a, an adjustment to get used to that that is for sure uh, so Rick we'll move on but uh, another signing this week that uh, took hockey Twitter by storm <laughs> because it was a little bit of a mess there for a minute, <laughs> was Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets re-signing Pierre-Luc Dubois to a two-year contract after reports that it indicated perhaps Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out of Columbus. Yeah, Pierre Lebrun uh, reported that um, he wasn't happy, Dubois wasn't ha- happy with Columbus, and maybe he wanted out, and Canadians' Twitter went berserk. Ooh, oh um, boy. <laughs> and our own Chris G, Chris G, who uh, helps us uh, with the podcast here and writes uh, our notepad articles that uh, appear in allhabs.net every Monday. Chris G uh, tweeted, attention Habs fans, drop your Pierre-Luc Dubois tw- trade offers here. Wrong answers only. Uh, and so for a couple of hours, um, there was a bit of fun. Uh, well, Habs fans uh, went crazy on the on the, the bizarre offers. Um and then, yes, uh, a short time later, uh, he he signed. One of the offers that I didn't think was so crazy was uh, Dano Norlander and a third for uh, Dubois. I don't know that, that that's uh, necessarily what um, Columbus needs, but uh, yeah, I I remember I remember that draft uh, where um, Mark Bergevin and. Um, um, Yarmo Kekalaikin, the 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 um, yeah. the the Columbus GM, 
Mark Bergevin was almost on his knees begging uh, for that draft pick. <laughs> he offered the moon for that pick uh, to get uh, Dubois. Uh, so you, you can imagine that uh, maybe a call or two was exchanged uh, when that news came out that Dubois wasn't happy. Yeah, and I mean, Habs fans, of course, <laughs> yeah, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, what's that to like about Pierre-Luc Dubois? And uh, yeah, the trade machine uh, went a little bit crazy there on social media after that news came out. Uh, but Rick, we'll move on uh, to some other news, which is the NHL will plan, uh, will play, excuse me, two outdoor games in Lake Tahoe uh, in February. And this comes, uh, I was discussing with you earlier I sort of miss the Winter Classic, the Centennial Classic, whatever you want to call it, on New Year's Day. Uh, so this will like this will fill in that gap a little bit, and it's also it seems like a very interesting and fun idea. It is, and and obviously the NHL, those games that you you mentioned uh, are off the schedule, um, and so in trying to garner some attention, uh, why not pick a, a picturesque spot uh, like uh, like Lake Tahoe and um, and I think that's what the NHL is trying to do here in scheduling two games uh, on consecutive days, February 20th and, and 21st. First up is the Avalanche against the Golden Knights, and then next day, Boston Bruins versus the Philadelphia Flyers. NBC will uh, have both games on their schedule uh, in the States on uh, Saturday afternoon and Sunday. Um, and uh, apparently they're going to uh, renovate uh three holes of of the uh, golf course the 16th 17th and 18th holes of the gorgeous lake tahoe uh golf course and um you know the backdrop of the mountains it, it it'll be uh it'll be stunning i'm sure uh, a stunning visual um so good on the nhl for um and and for the participating teams for uh getting involved with this yeah, and I think it's going to obviously be a very unique thing and it, take advantage of, a, of an unfortunate situation with, with COVID-19. You can't have large gatherings, but you want to have an outdoor game. So put it in a nice setting like that. I think it's a, it's a tremendous idea. Um, so Rick, we'll wrap up this segment with, uh, with some news. Uh, P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn uh, announced their breakup on social media uh, earlier this week. Um, oh, no. And they've been together for three years engaged twice um and they decided to uh to break up this week and um i i suppose it's 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 good that they decided to do this before progressing to uh to you know getting married and then perhaps um getting divorced it's it's you know it's good that they've they've made this decision now and um you know wish them all the best they seem to be on on good terms <laughs> given their their social media posts that you would come to expect from from both parties. Are we doing relationship news on this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about people getting engaged and married. We yes, have to talk about the opposite end. That's true, and and there's always interest in uh, in PK Subban, um, even as distance uh, uh, distanced as he has been from Montreal. Uh, listen, it was a, a storybook kind of uh, two, uh, you know, big personalities, big names coming together um, in 2018. Then last August, PK pros, uh, proposed to, to Lindsay, uh, August 2019. Then last Christmas, they got re-engaged because mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay felt she wanted to propose to PK and give him a ring and, and whatnot. And at the time said, I can't wait to marry you, babe. Um, <laughs> but this Christmas, 
This Christmas, yeah. they've decided to end their engagement, end their relationship. They announced their breakup, but did so in um, celebrity fashion, uh, mm-hmm. both posting to their uh, social media at the exact same time. And Lindsay's message said, over the past three years, PK and I have had some incredible times together. He's a kind, good man and someone I respect a great deal. After, However, after much consideration, we have decided to move forward separately. We will always remain friends and love each other immensely. We ask you to please respect our privacy during this time. They want their privacy after creating so much celebrity, <laughs> bringing their <laughs> brands together. Yeah. Um, but um, Lindsay also talked about for 2021, she wants to shed everything from 2020 and start a clean slate. So I guess that includes PK. It would seem that way. Um, <laughs> so all the all the best to them as they forge on and their brands and everything uh, in the next in the new year. Um, but Rick, we will take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we will have some bold predictions for the 2021 season, courtesy of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll get to that. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, we have, after last week, we did the five burning questions that are yeah. facing the Montreal Canadiens. So, this week, we will look at some big, bold predictions for the Montreal Canadiens entering this season, entering the 2021 season. And, and Rick, there, there are some common ones that 
like to sort of just get out of the way because yeah. these are sort of things that have been predicted and sort of assumed to an extent that it will probably happen. Uh, one being that the Habs are going to make the playoffs. That, that's, yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, that seems to be a consensus that they will make the playoffs. Another one, Nick Suzuki will lead the team in points. Of course. Yes. How could he not after that performance in the bubble? He's going to do that. That's that's almost a guarantee at this point. <laughs> but, Rick, there are bigger ones. We have bigger fish to fry here on Rocket Sports Radio. And that's why I've come up with my big, bold predictions for 2021. This uh, big, bold predictions, this required a Newfoundlander. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so we're, we're glad we have <laughs> one on board. Um, my predictions... Yeah, I, 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 could, I, I couldn't fulfill this. This required no. Joe Whalen, mm-hmm. Joe's big, bold predictions. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Rick. And that's why I stepped up to the plate here and came up with three things. We'll start with three, and there's a bonus one at the end, but we'll, get, we'll start with these three. The first right. of which. Well, let's, let's do this right. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do, do right. this right. Let's, yeah. And the first one. Josh Anderson will score at a 25-goal pace because, of course, it's a shortened season, so 56 games, prorated. He'll score 17 goals, but it will be a 25-goal pace for one Josh Anderson coming off of the shoulder injury that he wanted to make sure that we all knew was fine and that he was okay and that he was going to be okay to play. Um, And he will score 17 goals this season. That's a big deal. That is prediction number one. That's yeah. a really big deal because we we just don't we we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with, with you mentioned the injury um we don't know if he can play his his same style he says he can um you know he's certainly capable of of uh, a 25 goal pace can he do it with uh the Montreal Canadiens of course the last season uh that he was able to do that was 2018-19 where he scored 27 goals Last year, just one goal, as you said, an injury uh, prevented more. But um, that's a big, that's a big bold prediction. <laughs> and yeah, I think given I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is, as you said, it was injury riddled. He couldn't really do much of anything else, and it was 20 plus games that he played, and he only had the one goal. But the trajectory before that. Everything was trending in the direction of Josh Anderson being a guy that could score 25 goals for you reliably. So that is what I'm going off of here. But yeah, there's there's a question mark about his health, but I think that he is going to score at a 25-goal pace. That would be 17 in a 56-game season. You heard it here first. Heard it here first, folks. Prediction number two. Arturi Lekkonen will set a career-high in goals or have a pace to set a career high in goals in a normal 82 game season in a 56 game season it would be 13 which he did score last year but the pace is what's going to be important in this season and with Arturi Lekkonen and we were talking about this before the show he scores big timely goals Mm -hmm. for the Montreal Canadiens and has for the past couple of years he is just not somebody, and he scored in his first year as an NHLer at 21 years old. His rookie season, he scored 18 goals, and he hasn't touched that since. It's been 11, 12, and 13 
in the last three years. I'm predicting that he is going to get closer to that pace, to that mark of, of goal scoring in 2021, and he will be somebody because for the past couple of years, he's just had, he's you know, and you, and you sort of roll your eyes when you hear a coach say this, but he just doesn't really have that much puck luck. It just seems like we remember back to the playoffs, a two-on-O loses an edge, you know, or it might be a post or a big save from a goalie that you, you can't believe that he made. But, you know, for, for Arturi Lekkinen, I think in 2021, we're going to see him return to form with respect to the goal scoring prowess because the play is always there. That's never a question mark with Arturi Lekkinen. You know what you're getting out of Arturi Lekkinen. But I think the goal scoring might see, you might see that return in terms of the pace that he sets. As you said, his rookie season, 18 goals. So we're looking for a pace of 19 goals. His second season, um, 12 goals in just 66 games. He, he you know, might have reached it there in a full season. Yep. Last year, 13 goals in, in a shortened season, just 70 games. Um, what could he have done in, in the last 12? Um, so... And, and what encouraged me was uh, he was one of the very best players in uh, the return to play for the Montreal Canadiens. He was um, tenacious on the forecheck. He uh, dug pucks. He fed his line mates. He created scoring op- opportunities. He was good defensively. One of the very best players. Now, if he this is uh, a tougher lineup. If he gets his opportunities... I think he has a pretty good chance to uh, to beat that that uh, pace he set in his rookie season. Yeah, I, I think that the time is 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 there for Arturi Lekkinen. I think that the he has certainly the ability to do it. We saw him do it as a rookie, and I think that we're going to see a little bit more of that this season because the possession numbers have always been incredible for Arturi Lekkinen. It's not a matter of them not being able to create offense. It's just been the finish that has lacked in, in some cases, but I think this year is where you see it. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be on that pace to set a career high and uh, we'll see where exactly he ends up. Uh, so we'll move on to prediction number three. And that is Alexander Romanoff will be Shea Weber's defensive partner by season's end. Um, wow. We've seen that's, Obviously, in the bubble, and we saw last year that Ben Chirot was the guy that played alongside Shea Weber, and it was the guy that was entrusted with that spot. In the same way, perhaps you could say, as Philip Deneau in the number one center's role. It's just the guy that was there that could do the job the best at the time. And with Alexander Romanov, I think that patience is going to be key here, and he will begin on the third pair, which should be the course of action that you take because, you know, you don't want to rush him. You don't want to give him too much too soon. But I think from everything that we've heard, from all the they said what's that we've done in the recent, in the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks, be it strength and conditioning, be it sports science, be it Luke Richardson, be it Kirk Muller, whoever it is that has been talking about Alexander Romanov, Talk about the maturity, talk about the willingness to want to go out and earn that spot, want to go. Just everything about him sounds like a guy that you could play with Shea Weber. And and we might see it in, in, in spots and instances early in the season, but I think by the end of the season, Alexander Romanoff is going to be playing with Shea Weber full-time. In addition to the guys you mentioned, we remember how Rob Ramage talked about him yep. as well, and and uh, 
the Canadians uh, are very excited about this player. Um, and I don't think that they would be talking about him in the terms that they are raising the expectations for him if they didn't know something. And uh, obviously, uh, they have confidence in him. They, he appears to have confidence in his own ability. There's going to be an adjustment process. Yes. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes. Uh, but as long as that confidence isn't uh, affected, um, he might move up to up that uh, that pecking order and and that depth chart uh, to see him uh, playing with Shea Weber um, by season's end. And that's that's uh, that's as bold as it can get. But I think this is one <laughs> that uh, that can happen. Yeah, and I mean when you think about everything else as well. I mean we've we've seen the Canadians go and sign. Joel Edmondson and and you you talk about a dumb decision with the Athletic, who doesn't really value that contract, doesn't really value Joel Edmondson quite as much, and perhaps as a second pairing defenseman, it isn't exactly the best role for him. But if you slide Sherratt down to the second pair and then Edmondson to the third, while it might be a little bit expensive, you might have guys in a better position overall. Mm -hmm. And if Alexander Romanoff is comfortable on the first pair, then that's great too. (laughs) That just, that's just a little bit uh, of gravy on top of everything else. Uh, But Rick, in addition to this, that's enough. Those, those three were so bold. That's all our our audience can take. I think you have more. I I have one more. A bonus. Are you saying you have three big bold, uh, projections and now predictions and now you have one bonus prediction. It's, it's dessert. It's it's customary. Wow. <laughs> I talked about gravy just a second ago. Now is dessert. All right. Here's the dessert. This is the season. This season is when the Habs Leafs rivalry will boil over Uh-oh. in a way that we have not seen in a very very long time. This is going to be 10 games against each other. And that, that might be a little bit obvious to say, but when you look back the last couple of years and you think of John Tavares in that game in Toronto where the Canadians jump out to a three-goal lead and you see John Tavares chirping from the bench, the Montreal Canadiens direction, and then you go to last year, Max Domi chirping at the Leafs bench after Kasperi Kapanen throws the debris of his stick at Jeff Petrie. And then Petrie gets a penalty shot and scores. And then you got Max Domi saying exactly what you'd expect Max Domi to say in that position. There is bad blood here. It's been simmering. It's been simmering. This is the year that it boils over. What exactly that means in 2021, it's, it's not going to be a line brawl like we saw 10 years ago between the Habs and Bruins. That's not go, We're not going to get that. But it's going to boil over in some form. I am sure of it this season. And it's going. we're going to look back at it at 2021 in this North Division, this Canadian Division. And we're going to say this is what kick-started the Habs-Leafs rivalry back and, and bringing it back, really. Because it's, it's, it's not been at the forefront the way that other rivalries have been the past couple of years. And I'm, I'm really excited about this particular rivalry and how it's going to play out with this North Division. That rivalry being reignited again, and you can see already uh, that that fans, that media yep. are stoking <laughs> that powder keg. Uh, fans are uh, Canadians, fans, Leafs fans are at each other's throat on our our All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. We got lots of Leafs fans coming in and yep. chirping, and and there's <laughs> arguments going on there. You see it on Twitter. You see it in the media where. 
certain uh, uh, media are, uh, in Toronto specifically are going out of their way to say um, how unimpressive the Canadians are going to be and yeah. how their their uh, uh, moves in the off season will fall flat. So. Um, and, and, uh, this is from all uh, projections, uh, I've seen the Canadians in that tight grouping with Calgary and Edmonton, um, behind the Leafs, but, uh, but many projections have, uh, the Canadians, uh, running behind the Leafs. And so there's going to be a lot at stake and you're going to have that three game, uh, series to end the season, which is going to be amazing. Uh, so this is this is going to be something uh, to keep an eye on and watch as the temperature increases game after game. And I think both fan bases have been starving for this because over the last 20 years, they've never been good at the same. They've never been competitive at the same time. It's been either one is at the top, one is at the bottom or, you know, sort of. In, the, in between, at least, a playoff team and then the other one's not a playoff team or whatever it might be, you know. So now it's really starting to come together in a way that suggests that we're about to see something between the Habs and the Leafs that we have not seen, um, not in my lifetime. This is going to be, I think, the most intense Habs-Leafs rivalry this year that we have seen in, in man, 25-plus years. It's got to be. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's going to be, be fun. And it's going to start. Gonna it's going to start right away with the first yep. game on January 13th. <laughs> January 13th, it all gets underway. And we'll see just how accurate my uh, big, bold predictions uh, were for this season. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we'll take our final break. Having done all those big, bold predictions, we'll take our final break on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we've got a question of the week. Uh, what do you think of the Canadian signing Corey Perry? We'll get to some of the responses, some answers uh, surrounding Corey Perry after this. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. 
Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 117 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, Rick, we will uh, wrap this podcast up in just a couple of moments from now, but we do have a question of the week that we are going to get to, and it is simply, what do you think of the Canadian signing Corey Perry? And we have some responses to post on the All Habs fan page. This section we tried to, this is the Have Your Say section. Um, so we've got some responses already, uh, but we want to hear from you. Uh, reach out to us on, on social media, um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, as well, if you want to send us an email, we're glad to hear from you, info at allhabs.net. Or if you want to uh, reach us on the Rocket Sports text line, that's 24 hours a day. You can text uh, your message to 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. Heading to the uh, All Habs fan page on Facebook, we see answering the question about whether he's excited about the Corey Perry signing. Art Pollard says, woohoo, excellent depth move. Uh, David Barry says, I'm delighted with this one. Uh, Michael Zanette said, great depth move. Um, Ed Quinn says, onward and upward, gentlemen, go Habs, go. Gord Linus says, maybe he can teach Druan how to play with some grit and heart. Uh, Jonathan Druan appearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Ger- Gerhardt says, I guess he and Joe Thornton can go back at it like the old days. Just watch out for the rocking chairs. Bildred <laughs> um, <laughs> Solius says, I love this move. Uh, James Lamarcan says, talk about grit. He has it in spades. Terry Cooper also talking about Joe Thornton. A much better upside with Perry than the Leafs get with Grandpa Joe Thornton, <laughs> says Terry Cooper. Uh, Kevin Race says, well, he's a pretty slow skater this these days. Probably the only kind of... Uh, Negative comment we've had. Yeah. Uh, Frank Russell says, great signing for the price. Corey Walsh says, great pickup. Uh, Gord Marr, referring to something we talked about, better than Simmons at half the price. Yep, the Habs-Leafs games are going to be barn burners. Wow, he's tapping into yeah. your uh, <laughs> a bonus uh, bold prediction there. Yeah, that's my shtick. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to make it's going to be an element. I think that's going to make these games all the more interesting. Is first of all, if if in what role we see Corey Perry, but then if he gets there against the Leafs, my gosh, it is yeah. going to be a yeah, <laughs> it's going to be something to see. That is for sure. Um, but Rick, yeah, we will say that uh, if you have any, uh, if you want to get your answer out there to that question, what do you think of the Canadian signing Corey Perry? Uh, yes, you can send them on Twitter at All Habs at Habs Connection at Joella Nineteen on the All Habs fan page. You can comment as well and and send along uh, your 
thought on that signing and as well the text line as you said 585 rocket so Rick just once again we'll wish all of our listeners subscribers everybody a happy new year hopefully much more uh, to be happy about in 2021 and uh, certainly we're excited to move forward with uh, rocket sports radio Absolutely. We've got some things in mind that uh, some improvements uh, we plan to make. We made a lot in 2020 and uh, we have some uh, things in store for you uh, this year. So make sure you're subscribing. Uh, Make sure we've had uh, a, a lot of people subscribe to this podcast the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite uh, podcast app. The other thing that really helps us is when you see us post about the podcast, if you share that podcast, share it so your friends can see it, share it so your friends uh, and fellow uh, uh, fans can subscribe. And uh, we're, we, we're building our community. We've been building a, uh, a Canadians community for the last dozen years. And uh, we love Planet Habs. We love hearing from uh, fans all over the globe, and uh, we want to we want to get more of you involved uh, in uh, this new year. Absolutely, and yeah, so subscribe, share, do all that you can, and, and help us out. And we'll come back next week with all your Habs content, everything that you come to expect from the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. So thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens, all things World Juniors, and whatever else in between. So thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.